Thanks for checking out the Candeo podcast. To learn more about us, visit us at candeochurch.com. Welcome to summer. We're there. The heat yesterday didn't remind you. We are officially there. It'll be 45 degrees next Sunday, I'm sure, or something like that. It's just it's the way Iowa rolls, but we're, we're there today. But uh, it's so good to be with you. As always, it's good to be with you. I've not met you before. Uh, my name is Cody Klein. I'm one of the pastors here. And today, as we dive into Proverbs once again, uh, this morning's message is kind of part two of a two-part message. Last week, Stephen talked about the power of words. And everything in that message, Stephen, from your intro to like Tannerite to the end of like the the power of those four words, I'm telling you, guys, if you missed that message, every minute of that message should be devoured repeatedly. And so that has made my list of messages I will listen to again and again over the course of this year. Stephen, thank you so much for your words last week. They were powerful for me. But we cannot underestimate the power of words. Words are powerful. What Proverbs tells us is that words have the power of life and death, and we need to be very purposeful with each one of them. One of the verses that Stephen brought to our attention last week was Proverbs Chapter 10, verse 19, which actually kind of connects our our two themes here. But Proverbs 10, 19 says this, when there are many words, if you have a pen, if you're there in Proverbs 10, underline this next word. When there are many words, sin is unavoidable, but the one who controls his lips is prudent. The reason I want to draw attention here is as it's not just like that when we throw words into the air, it's a bad thing. Like it's not good to just talk too much. Like what we're talking about here is like when we throw words into the air, we are prone to sin. It's not just a bad thing, it's a sin thing. Why? Because we are so naturally wired to just meander into gossip and slander and shading the truth in a particular way that maybe makes us look better. That's just what we do by nature. And so when we begin just talking, we just start filling the air. That's just what happens. But the one who controls his lips is prudent. And so what I hope was accomplished last week is you were hearing Stephen both give like the admonition, like we need to speak. I'm not telling you not to speak. You need to speak, but we really need to be careful what words we use. We need to be purposeful. If you walked out last week feeling this, like the seriousness of this, this serious weight and realizing, gosh, if there's this filter like that, that's that intense, Maybe I shouldn't talk so much. And if I'm not talking, then what am I supposed to be doing? That, that would be the natural question. Oh, if I'm not talking, what should I do? What should I do to fill my time? Here's what Proverbs will tell you. Listen. What should you do instead of talking so much? Listen more. Listen more. And so last week's theme was words. Today is listening. Listening. The word listen appears 29 times in the book of Proverbs. And that doesn't even count like all the words that are similar to listen, like receive, accept, hold on to, guard, keep, don't reject, things like that. 
Three times when the word listen is used in the book of Proverbs, it adds the word listen closely, which the original language there is like this picture of like stretching out your ear to listen in. What Proverbs is calling us to is to listen, listen intently and not just hear, right? We know that there's a difference between hearing and listening. Listening, if you want to understand like the equation behind it, listening is hearing and responding, right? It's why if you're a parent and you maybe have a defiant child, you might say to them if they're making terrible choices, aren't you listening to me? Because at that point, you know they're hearing you, but they don't seem to be changing their behaviors, right? Listening involves both of those aspects, hearing and responding. But unfortunately, the skill of listening is kind of a lost art form in our day and age. What James calls us to is to be a people who are quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Unfortunately, our culture is like the opposite of that. We are slow to listen and quick to speak and quick to become angry. We often poke fun at it. It's, it's low-hanging fruit. Guys, we know social media is a dumpster fire. And I'm going to continue to bring this up again and again because I don't mind you using it. I use it to post like pictures of my kids because I think they're cute. But there is so much just awful reality into social media. Here's why, because I think it highlights this really well. What social media does is essentially gives everyone a platform and a bullhorn. That's what it is. It's like this social experiment. Let's just get everybody onto a platform and give them their own bullhorn. And let's just see what will happen. What could go wrong here? And what happens is our ego begins to puff up and we all think that we have something worth sharing with the whole world all the time. Everybody needs to hear what I have to say. What's missing in it all? Because guys, I'm telling you, social media is changing our culture and how we even interact with people and how we treat one another. What's missing when you give everybody a platform and a bullhorn? Listening. Is anyone actually listening? When I think back on this past year, how much pain could have been avoided in so many situations if we just shut up for a second and actually listen? So I put together a little quiz entitled, You Might Be a Bad Listener If. Now I'm aging myself here a little bit. Anybody remember the whole like Jeff Foxworthy, like you might be a redneck if? Like this one's a little bit more like, like painful than that, but still hopefully some like, like funny. And this is kind of like a new song moment at our church where like once you get the hang of it, I want you to like bring in the last line. So remember that you might be a bad listener. Okay, so this, let, me, let me read this and then we'll, we'll respond together. All right. If you consistently speak more than the other person in conversations, you might be a bad listener, okay? If you meet someone new and cannot remember their name 10 seconds later, you might be a bad listener, okay? If you have a habit of finishing other people's sentences because you're not patient enough to let them finish their thought, you might be a bad listener. If while someone is talking to you, you check your phone, you might be a bad listener. I'm just gonna implement a new rule here, by the way, that if you do that twice in a conversation, we all give each other permission, right, to grab the phone out of that person's hand and just smash it on the ground. Can we do that? New rule, life rule. We're gonna start it here and it's gonna sweep across the nation. There's gonna be no phones by the end of the week. It's gonna be great. 
If you space out and go to that quiet place in your mind while your kid is telling you a story and then interrupt them to ask a question to your other kid because you forgot that that one kid was talking, you might be a bad listener. If you are a me monster, you always just want to talk about yourself, bring things back to yourself, and regularly turn the conversation back to stories about your life rather than asking following, follow-up questions, you might be a bad listener. Last one. And if you give a long answer to a person and the next sentence out of their mouth is, I don't think you understood what I was trying to say, you might be a bad listener. If you want this test, by the way, I found it just by going onto the internet and Googling worldsworstperson.com. This is just what popped up. (laughs) I'm kidding. Uh, These are all actually examples from my life this past month of things I've done to other people. Guys, I'm not a great listener. It's something I have to work incredibly hard at. In fact, I had a friend once say to me as we were having a conversation, he's like, hey, I really appreciate this conversation. It feels like you are all here right now. I was like, thanks, I think. I'm not a great listener, but I don't think I'm alone. So here's four things that Proverbs will say to us about listening. If our words have the power of life and death in the life of others, we need to hear what Proverbs says about listening. There's four things that Proverbs will tell us about listening. Number one, listening requires restraint. Listening requires restraint. Remember, we already looked at Proverbs 10, 19. It talks about like how controlling the tongue is prudent. The one who controls his lips is prudent. Here's a few more Proverbs to hold on to. This is one of my favorites. A fool does not delight in understanding, but only wants to show off his opinions. I I hold on to that one a lot when it comes to social media. A fool does not delight in understanding, but only wants to show off his opinions. Here's another one. The one who gives an answer before he listens, essentially the one who interrupts or blurts out, the one who gives an answer before he listens, this is foolishness and a disgrace for him. Listening is both one of the easiest things that we can do and one of the hardest things that we can do. But why? Why is listening so difficult? Here's two reasons that I find to be true in my life of why listening is so difficult. Number one, listening requires that I go to battle with my ego. Because as a prideful person, I'm thinking often in conversations that somebody else is talking, I know better. Just let me talk. And listening requires humility. We have to go to battle with our ego. That's one of the reasons that listening is hard. Another reason why listening is hard is that it also requires us to go to battle with our flesh. As selfish people, it's easy for us to think, I don't have the time for this. Particularly parents with kids. I've got four extroverts. We literally have crying fits in our van with our kids where one will shout out, Trevor's been talking for the whole time. I want to talk. That's just how it goes. What listening does is it requires me, though, to go to battle with my flesh. So I'm not thinking, I don't have time for this. I don't have the energy for this. I have to die to myself. That's what listening requires. See, guys, whether we're cognizant of it or not, We are always sizing one another up. We are always judging one another. Every time we enter into a conversation, it's the same thing. 
We walk into that conversation and what's in our mind are these two questions. Is this person worth my time? And will I get anything out of this conversation? And the answer to those two questions often determine how well we will listen to somebody. Will we even create space for this conversation? Are they worth my time? Am I gonna get anything out of this conversation? Here's an example of this. I remember sharing about a decade ago with a friend of mine that I'm not very good at remembering people's names. And this was his response. He said, no, nah, it's not that. It's just you don't value people enough to remember them. Which I thought was a little punchy. I was like, wow, that seems a little bit overdramatic. But it's true. Because if somehow in the course of this morning, as you were mingling maybe during the meet and greet or out in the commons, if you met somebody that had like a claim to fame, movie star, pro athlete, something that made them famous, and that conversation earned you something. You're like, wow, that will be something. Like if I can name drop that person's name, I can say that I saw them, I ran into them, we had this conversation and all of that. What are the odds that tomorrow you would remember not only their name, but even the details of that conversation? Pretty high. Why? And why don't we treat every person like that? Why don't we value all people like that? If you want to be a good listener, you will have to go to war with your ego and your flesh. Just a few practical tips I wanna give here on good listening, just real like base level stuff. Number one, guys, foundational to like listening is eye contact and where your feet are. If you're standing at like a 45 degree angle from somebody as they're talking to you and you're kind of talking off to the side, you are letting that person know that you are half into this conversation, half out. A real good friend of mine that was so good at this, we could be in a room full of hundreds of people and it felt like I was the only person in the room because they just would stand there, feet toward me, eyes on me, engaging conversation. They weren't darting everywhere, they're just there. Foundational to listening is just where your feet and where your eyes are. Number two, little practical bit here, focus on asking good follow-up questions. One of the things I'm trying to discipline myself on right now is that I'm in a conversation with somebody and I want to turn the conversation back to myself. I have to ask three follow-up questions before I do that, just to draw that person out and to know them more. Ask follow-up questions, get good at that. And the third one, probably the most important one is this, lose your phone. When it comes to listening, you have to lose your phone. Let me just demonstrate this real quick. It's amazing the difference between this and this. If someone comes up to me and says, hey, can I talk to you for a second? And I say, sure, what do you wanna talk about? I am subconsciously letting them know I am a notification away. I'm a, I'm a flashing screen away from being pulled out of that conversation. You mean that much to me. How many of you with your kids have this in your hand almost all the time? But compare this, like, and I'm not even checking it. I'm not even looking at it. It's just there. It's just the presence of it being there just lets you know you mean that little to me. But if you come up to me and say, hey, can we talk for a second? And I do this. Absolutely, what do you wanna talk about? Notice the difference there. If you don't have pockets, then just Take the phone and go set it on a desk, get rid of it, get it out of eyesight. Don't sit at a coffee shop with a friend and have your phone sitting there in the middle face up. Don't do that. Lose your phone. 
Listening requires restraint. It requires taking things under control, your ego, your flesh, your lips, other things. Number two, though, the thing that we learn about Proverbs, another thing we learn about in Proverbs about listening is that listening is an act of love. In preparing for this morning, I found myself primarily in two books, obviously the book of Proverbs, but also this book written by Dietrich Bonhoeffer entitled Life Together. What makes this book so incredible is not just its content, which by itself is enough to make it worthy of a read, but the context as Dietrich Bonhoeffer was a pastor penning these words as he pastored an underground church in the middle of Nazi Germany, eventually to be killed. But he wrote this book to describe what Christian community should be like, what the church should be like. Here's one of the things he wrote, and this section here on the ministry of listening is honestly worth the price of the entire book. So that's my plug. This is what he says. There is a kind of listening with half an ear that presumes already to know what the other person has to say. It is impatient and inattentive listening that despises the brother and is only waiting for a chance to speak and thus get rid of the other person. What, what Bonhoeffer is trying to say is essentially what we just saw in Proverbs 18 too, right? that a fool doesn't delight in understanding. They're not active listeners, not trying to draw somebody else out and try to really understand what they're trying to say. We're just only wanting to share our opinions, only wanting to just speak a word while they're even talking to us. We're already forming our own thoughts rather than just let them speak and maybe just pause. Be like, oh, wow, I'm pondering what, you're, what you said. Let me just think for a second before I respond. You contrast that here with Proverbs 25. This is what looking like, like loving somebody looks like. Counsel in a person's heart is deep water, but a person of understanding, a person of wisdom, a person of love draws it out. One of the most powerful and comforting realities in the world is that not only does God speak to us, he listens to us. God heard the cries of Hagar's son out in the wilderness. He heard the cries of his people in slavery in Egypt. He hears the cries of the poor, the fatherless, the foreigner, the brokenhearted. He hears our cries. I love Lamentations 3. I called on your name, Lord, from the depths of the pit, and you heard my plea. Do not ignore my cry for relief. And you came near whenever I called you and you said, do not be afraid. Psalm 32, which is like a testimony of David that ends with an encouragement. He says this, that when he was in his sin, he said, when I kept silent, your hand was heavy upon me and my strength was sapped as in the heat of summer. But then I acknowledged my sin to you. I confessed, I lifted up my voice. I cried out to you and said, I confess my transgressions and you forgave me. That grace is available to all of us who are trapped in our sins this morning. That, that grace is available to us thanks to Jesus and a God who hears us. He says, I cried out to you and you forgave me. And then he says this as an encouragement. Therefore, let everyone who is faithful pray immediately. 
pray immediately. Our God listens to us. And if God himself can, can lower himself to such a level to actually listen to me, a sinner, then there isn't a single person in this world I can't lower myself to and listen to as well. There's no child, no elderly person, no sick person, healthy person, or broke person that I cannot lower myself to, to listen. Bonhoeffer goes on to write, again, this section is just gold. He says, secular education today is aware that often a person can be helped merely by having someone who is willing to listen to them seriously. And upon this insight, it has constructed its own soul therapy, which has attracted great numbers of people, including Christians. But Christians have forgotten that the ministry of listening has been committed to them by him who is himself the great listener and whose work they should share. We should listen with the ears of God that we may speak the word of God. See, often when we go to a friend's house and we know there's something weighty to talk about, what consumes our thoughts as we're driving to their houses, what am I gonna say? What am I gonna say? What am I gonna say? And what we forget in those moments is that sometimes, guys, listening is more powerful than speaking. We know this. You've been in that moment where you've been sitting with somebody and you are just burying your soul to them. You're just pouring it all on the table. And at some point in the conversation, you look at them and you pause because you're beginning to wonder if like you are overwhelming them with your garbage. You done that? And you pause. What's the greatest response you've ever gotten in that? Isn't it this? Go on. I'm listening. Like the therapy of just those words powerful. Listening is an act of love. Number three, another thing we learn about listening from the book of Proverbs is this. Listening is essential to gaining wisdom. Seriously, what good is wisdom if we're not willing to seek it out, to hear it, to receive it, to guard it, to love it, and cherish it? If we got a series here entitled Wisdom for Life, don't miss that listening is an essential skill. You don't get wise without listening. Proverbs is trying to make this abundantly clear. These two things are related. You don't get to step two without step one. You don't get to wisdom without listening. These things are related. Proverbs 1.5, let a wise person listen and increase in learning and let a discerning person obtain guidance. It's what wise people do. They listen to increase in learning. Proverbs 19:20 Listen to counsel and receive instruction so that you may be wise later in life. See, everyone wants to be that wise sage that people just show up on your doorstep and go, "Can you just help me with this?" We all want to be that person. From the youngest age, we all want to be that person, but few of us are willing to commit ourselves to a lifestyle of listening and humility to actually become a person worth listening to. We want to be the wise sage without first being a listener. I'll tell you this, wisdom is not something you obtain quickly, naturally, easily. You have to seek it. You have to love it. 
You have to be receptive. You have to be teachable. I remember hearing a mother who was kind of entering into like the empty nest stages of life, kind of lamenting about the younger generation because she was just growing so frustrated. And here's what she said, and it stuck with me. And again, it was her perspective. Maybe there's counterexamples to this, but I thought what she said is it was good. She was trying to speak to young mothers and she had a room of young mothers she was speaking to. And she said, guys, I see in your generation something that terrifies me. All you young moms are striving so hard to be perfect and then to put it on social media that it's, I'm a perfect mom. And she's like, you don't know what you're doing. You've read a blog and now feel like you know everything there is to know about being a good mom. When what you should be doing, what you should be clamoring for is to get my attention, to come sit with me and just be like, help me. Jake hit on this just a few weeks ago, guys, but there's, there's just not a lot of help me conversations happening. You want wisdom, it starts there. But these things are connected. Listening is essential for wisdom. And last, but most importantly, please don't miss this. You see, Listening is not just purely a horizontal thing. I want to be a better listener so that I can have better relationships with you all. No, no, no. As listening ultimately is a vertical thing. This is number four. Listening is the difference between life and death. If our words have the power of life and death in the life of other people, Listening has the power of life and death in our lives. It is the difference between life and death for us. And there's a lot of Proverbs that I could pull out to try to flood this room and prove this point about listening to counsel and the importance of responding to correction and receiving rebukes and that just being a part of life and how desperately we need it. I'll just, I'll just for simplicity's sake, I'll just give you one that at least for me was really gripping because of the imagery of it. A rebuke cuts into a perceptive person. Perceptive means that they are a receptive person. A rebuke cuts into a perceptive person. One rebuke, more than a hundred lashes into a fool. Just a healthy self-examination moment here. Can I just ask you, what kind of soil are you? Like, are you someone that's easily corrected? Like, do people enjoy, which nobody like truly enjoys it, but like, do people find it at least easy to come to you with correction, challenge, disagreement? Do you handle correction well? Like, what does it take? What type of fit has to be thrown to get your attention and to get you to respond to something? What kind of soil are you? Because if you notice a trend here that's been true of all three of these things that we've seen so far in Proverbs about listening, every one of these challenges our posture. Listening requires restraint, requires 
that we battle our ego and our flesh and we humble ourselves and we become selfless as we enter into conversations. It challenges our posture. Listening that is an act of love and as an act of love, it challenges us to listen and to value people as God values them, to humble ourselves and place them, ourselves under them as a servant. It challenges our posture. Listening being essential to wisdom is us recognizing that there is wisdom and we don't have it and we need to seek it out and we need to obtain it by asking questions and by listening. All of these challenge our posture. They challenge our pride. They challenge who we are. Guys, if you have recognized your sin and by faith have placed yourself in Christ Jesus. Understand this, you are unshakably perfect. But at the same time, sin and the pull of sin is coursing through my veins constantly. Guys, I am in constant need of rebuke, challenge, correction. And God is always, and in so many different ways, he's trying to speak to me. He's trying to speak to me through his word. He's trying to speak to me through creation, through my conscience. He's trying to speak to me through sermons that I hear, songs that we sing, or through my friends as they gather around me, or as I pray, he's trying to speak. The key question is, am I listening? Are you listening? Because my greatest fear for us as a church is that we would continue to do the church thing for years and years. That three years from now, we will have done the church thing. We've gone to connection group. We've read our Bibles. We've done all of that. But effectively, essentially, we are the exact same people we were just a few years ago. How does that happen? We stopped listening as God was trying to speak. Proverbs describes wisdom as one just going out into the public square and, and crying out for anybody that has ears to hear. I am convinced this morning that God has been trying to speak to every one of you about different things in your life. And the question I'm asking today is are you listening? And not just hearing it. Yeah, God, I know, I know. But will you actually respond? To listen, but to listen. Because it is life and death for us. A way to love people. But it requires restraint but it brings wisdom. Let me pray. God, I thank you that in my desperation, in my darkest hours, when I cry out to you, you hear me. And God, I pray that I would be that for other people, not to try to be in place of you, but to hear to truly love, to hear, to truly be able to speak back words of wisdom. But God, I pray that now then when you speak, 
when you speak to us, God, that we would listen, that your words would fall on soft soil and bear fruit for your glory. Amen. This has been a message from Candeo Church. To learn more about us or to hear more messages, visit us at candeochurch.com.